And we're back. Yo. What up? Bonjour. Bonjour. Hola. Hola. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Yes. Guten Tag. Yeah. <laughs> no, have you ever seen that? Um, uh, it's like the arts. Oh, freaking one of those like, you know, infomercials about the arts. And it's with Johannes Brahms. Mm. And it's like a fake cereal commercial. It's really funny. It's like this family sitting around. And they're like, I'm starving. And then all of a sudden this guy on a piano bursts in the wall. And he's like, Guten Tag! <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Johannes Brahms! And then he starts talking about Raisin Brahms. And he's like, it's Ottenritz Raisin Brahms! This it, sounds more like one of the Kool-Aid guy commercials. It is. It's basically like that. And he bursts in the the wall the same way. Wow. And then he's like, it's Ottenritz Raisin Brahms! It's... Uh, creates good problem-solving skills and creative thinking or something like that. It's pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Totally YouTube Raisin Brahms. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do exactly that. Yeah, it's totally awesome. So anytime I say Guten Tag, I'm like, Guten Tag! (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Didn't you, you... So you're back from Europe. Yes. The Euro the Euro Adventure. This is episode 23 of Nerd Novice. Oh my gosh. Which I'm sure you guys have probably figured out that this is Nerd Novice since when you listen to a podcast you basically have to pretty much choose to do that. Click on it. Yeah. 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 So, I'm Jim. I'm Megan. And that's Megan. Yeah. And so didn't you visited the tomb of Brahms? I did. You? Yeah. I saw a lot of graves. I'm not going to lie, and it was awesome. I went to a lot of cemeteries. Yeah. It was cool. Um, I went to um, the cemetery in Vienna has a lot of like really famous people buried in it. And some of the graves are like super awesome looking. Um, There was this one that I took a picture of it. um, but I haven't uploaded my photos yet on. I'm going to put them on Flickr. Um, It's like it was this tomb that was like for a whole family, you know, And it was basically a mausoleum, but the entrance, it looked like it came out of Lord of the Rings. It was like this giant stone archway with like a door that was kind of in the distance. It looked like perspective, like you were walking towards it. And there were like steps and on the steps was this knight in like armor and he was sitting there pondering life. And there was like a dwarf and a like two dwarves with like lanterns. It was the coolest tomb I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was just for some family. Like I don't even, I didn't recognize the name or anything. There was nothing famous about them. They just had a bad ass tomb. It was super cool. I can only, I can only hope for, for that when I kick the bucket someday. I think that this trip definitely instilled that goal in my life. Badass tomb. I need to have some sort of like super sweet sculpture that I'm buried underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so you I, could be the sculpture. That would be creepy. Actually, there were some graves in this um, cemetery because it was, you know, it's, there's a lot of really, really old ones, but there are also some, like Schoenberg was buried there. So there were some more like, you know, later years tombs and stuff more like weird 70s looking tombs and stuff like that. 
And there were a few where, um, like this one was super creepy. It was like just a regular old, you know, the traditional looking grave head thing with like, you know, just an arch. And, um, it was totally smooth except it said the guy's name in this totally seventies looking font. And then it was his face like coming out of the concrete. Like, like he stuck his face in a pool of concrete and they molded it and it became the tomb. It was so, it wasn't a tomb. It was just a um, headstone. It was so creepy looking, but it also looked like happy. It was weird. It was like, okay he's coming out but it doesn't look that bad so maybe it's okay (laughs) it was weird but yeah i saw a bunch of cool people like beethoven mozart brahms strauss um i saw um who else i think schubert okay schoenberg wow um and then in in Paris, I saw Oscar Wilde and Chopin and Claudette and um, uh, Bizet. Georges Bizet. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bunch of people. It was cool. I'm. It was like the best part to see all those graves. I don't know. I saw um, Gustav Mahler, too, who's my favorite composer, and um, he's just meant a lot to me in my life, and he's buried way like out in the boonies away from everybody else. Like we had to take a, a subway and a tram to get there and then walk up a hill and everything. And it's just, I don't know why he's buried in that cemetery. He was, it kind of fits him to be like by himself. Mm -hmm. Some random cemetery in Austria, but, um, but it was just his grave that that was the only famous one in that whole cemetery. I think. Did you go to the Feshbiel house while you were there? No. In uh, okay, that's right. So you were in, you went to what, like Leipzig, and so you didn't go to uh, Bayreuth. No, no, I didn't get to do a lot of like super musical things because I was with my family. Like I mm-hmm. went to Mozart's apartment, and I saw the Philharmonic um, from the outside, and like some churches that they played in and stuff. But and um. There were a few, like, there was a few apartments around town that they had, like, random plaques on the outside of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was cool. That's I especially awesome. loved seeing Mahler, though. Was, there were, there was one dead flower there, and, um, like, no one was even there, and it was just kind of by itself. Wow. So it was, it was pretty cool to go see it. That's neat. Yeah. Good for you. Well, I'm glad that Euro, Euro Rally 2013... Yeah. It was a success. It was. Yeah. So did you do any reading? I did. I, okay. I um read Star Wars Heir to the Empire Excellent. by Timothy Zahn. Um I read most of it while I was there and then I finished it when I came home. About fifty pages I only had to read when I came home. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah. It was um the first book of the trilogy, so Yep. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. And then, uh, as we've previously disclosed on the show, the next two months uh, of our book club, we'll be finishing up that trilogy. So yes. we'll be talking talking Star Wars for another another couple of months here, and we'll be back on track with doing book club the first, uh, 
first week of every month. So we've actually got a got a yeah, hustle. We're, yeah, and, we're a uh, little bit like weirdly scheduled because of me. But um yeah. Yeah, so we'll 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 knock out uh what is it uh Dark Force Rising. Yeah. In uh, in the next couple of weeks here and we'll talk about that. But today the the task at hand is Heir to the Empire. Yeah. Now, I guess the the number one overreaching question or overarching question would be did it live up to all of the pimping that I gave it? Oh yeah, for sure. I totally pictured it as I was reading it. Um I thought it was really cool to hear from, the, you know, some of the same characters, some sort of unheard characters and new places and like new scenery and it was definitely really really cool um i really liked i liked how they they kind of all like split up for most of the book which was pretty neat holy crap that was just out of nowhere toonie just barked um and um you know it was it was like totally imaginable the whole time if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish it was a movie. Is it ever going to be one? Well, that's the thing that's a little bit disappointing about all of the news that we've had come in thus far about the episodes seven, eight, and nine sequels. They're not going to be the Tim's on books. Man, that sucks. They're going to be, they're going to be new stories that, uh, supposedly are are going to be based on some story ideas that George Lucas came up with and kind of threw in as part of the, the package deal when he sold Lucasfilm, including the Star Wars franchise and all of its rights oh, and assets like a- to, to Disney. Okay, so he was like, "I'm selling this, but you have to do this story." Yeah, that's kind of kind of the vibe that. Uh, isn't there that ever I'm a way? From, isn't from there ever a the way that stories. they can like? Isn't there ever a way that they can like veer in different paths and have different movies, different options, like a different take on it? Or do you think once they make the next installment with Luke and Leia and Han, that they have to keep going that way with those characters? Well, I think I think probably. At some point, I think we're going to get remakes. Of the old ones? Mm-hmm. For starters. I think that will happen someday. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be now, awesome. Yeah. I yeah, think that would be sure. really cool, actually. Um, I would totally be down with that. Way more special effects, better dialogue. It all would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So what what really kind of remains to be seen, and I think something that that people are a little bit afraid of, is is whether or not these sequel films will contradict the Zon trilogy. Hmm. I I think the the idea is that the sequel films will take place 
far enough after the Timothy's on trilogy to where like theoretically the plot line of these three books Ooh. is still would remain it's still plausible. intact and still plausible. Th- that would be really awesome. Um obviously they would need to get different actors, but that would be really awesome if they could like I mean to leave that door open would be really cool and you know smart of them because these are amazing books and if they're like if they're as popular as you say they are with the fans I think it would be silly of them not to try to use these books as some sort of plot line for a movie yeah, yeah I but- especially I I really think you know it was it was cool to see directly it was cool to read it like with the mindset of return of the jedi just finishing so i don't know how i would feel about that if it came later but like if we had different movies and then they came back to these i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see to see what they do with things you know whether the they they haven't said one way or the other whether or not the core characters are going to be... Well, actually, no, I take that back, because now that I think about it, they've already said that they are going to do things like... Well, they're going to do, like, Boba Fett movies, or a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, they're gonna like do Origins, like Han X-Men Solo Origins. movie, that sort yeah. of thing. So it'll be really interesting to see. And the... For 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 those who who don't know, uh, which is totally understandable, the these three books by Timothy Zahn really set off what what's referred to as the Star Wars expanded universe. Mm-hmm. So you have an extraordinarily rich world of Star Wars that takes place following the events of. Return of the Jedi. And so these books take uh, take place five years after Jedi. And so you had these three books, and then there's been dozens of additional books since then. And and we're now at a point in in books and comic books where so this is five years after Jedi. We we are now still telling stories of Han, Luke, and Leia in in books, but it's now like another thirty years down the road. Yeah, and there's been children and mm-hmm. events that go on related to that, and so it's like there's a ton of stuff. So when they talked about about doing these the sequel trilogy some of that stuff is is bound to get broken or or contradicted yeah by um by the by the new movies well but, i mean just because they go just because they choose to go with this trilogy doesn't mean they have to fit the whole expanded universe i mean like they could just you know pick and choose really so you're saying a lot of the expanded universe kind of uses the Zon trilogy as like a basis? Well, the whole the whole expanded universe uses the Zon trilogy as the springboard. Oh. 
Oh wow! Because it's all in it's all in uh, all in that continuity. It's all in it's in chronological order and like or not necessarily, but it's within that universe. Yeah. Oh wow! I yeah. never okay. I, I guess I don't know if you mentioned that the last time. I never picked that up. Yeah. So apologies I mean, if I never made that never no, made that clear. That's that's fine. No, um, that's crazy that like. So he was just like, I'm just going to write Star Wars books. And then everyone was like, they're so good. We're just going to continue with that. Like they consider them to be part of the original Star Wars story. Yeah. Yeah. So much that they're, that they're, you know, basing off other tales from the same, the same line. That's crazy. Right. Like every, yeah, exactly. Like every, every Star Wars book, every Star Wars comic book has to fit in with all of the others. Well, then I don't understand why they wouldn't use this trilogy for their next movies. That doesn't make sense. Well, I think the problem is that the actors are too old now. So you think the next, do you know anything about the movies? Seven, eight, and nine. We, we really don't know too much yet. Other than supposedly the original actors are going to have roles in it. So then it's, so like you said, it's definitely possible that the story could be within the same continuity and we could someday go back. Yeah, it just, it really just kind of depends on how, certainly that would seem to be the case with the Zahn trilogy in particular. The The question is how much of the rest of the existing expanded universe might get contradicted based on the new trilogy and and a lot of that is is going to depend on how far how far into the Star Wars future the new movies are set. Yeah. So like I said, the books I think are about like 27 or 30 years or so and still dealing with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um and and there's another well, can I give a big spoiler about the expanded universe? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Chewbacca dies in one of the expanded universe books. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about like stories 15, 20, 30 years after the original trilogy... There's no Chewie. Yeah. Because he gets killed off in the that books. Sucks. So that's going to be another thing that they have to deal with as well. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. It would yeah. have been great to make these, the, the Zon books as movies. Maybe someday they will. Who knows? It, the actors, the original actors are too old to do these books. Yeah. They're just, they're too old. So what, what would have to happen is you either have to, if you ever made these as movies, you'd have to do it either with different actors or what you do is you CG, you, you use them as voice actors and you CG younger versions of them. Whoa. How would they do that and make it not just like an animated movie? Have you seen Tron Legacy? No. Um, Jeff Bridges is is in was in the original Tron in what nineteen eighty or whenever that was. Great movie by the way. We should nerd novice that someday. 
That'd be cool. And um, Tron Legacy was the sequel that came out like two years ago or yeah. whenever. And he he technically plays two characters in that film. And one of them is a... It, it appears to be a younger version of him. So he's de-aged through CG. Whoa. And it looks do, pretty good. Do they... Wait, do they CG his whole self or do they just change the face? It's just the face. Okay, yeah. So, like, he still acts in it, but they just replace his face. Right. So that would be crazy, though, because how is he, like, the same size? I guess they probably CG his size, too. Yeah. He's probably, like, bigger than he was that age. Yeah, he's gained a couple pounds Yeah, since then. Mm. But uh, But anyways, I mean, that's sort of... There's way more that we don't know about the future of Star Wars than what we do know at this point. But yeah. suffice to say, people who, who are fans of the Star Wars expanded universe are... The the Timothy's on trilogy is like that's just that's the stuff for them. It's like yeah. just the most amazeball thing. And and what's also kind of interesting is there's you get into all of these sects of Star Wars fandom, mm-hmm. which I think is is ultimately childish and stupid. But there are some people who are like. I'm into the movies and only the movies and screw every book, screw every comic book, not interested. And then you have other people who, who really embrace the books and, and the comics. And then the, the question with that becomes, are, are the books and the comics considered canon? Well, what did George Lucas have to do with them? Not really all that much. I mean, he had to give his blessing on everything. Right. But he never, he didn't really do much in the way of coming up with story ideas for expanded universe stuff. But he had to say yes or no to everything. And then the other thing is, is Lucasfilm has always had say in whether or not a certain character or certain concepts might be off limits. Right. Um, well, let me relate this to um, Buffy because obviously um, <laughs> with the comic books, I haven't read them all, but my sister is a lot further ahead than I am. And she was saying how silly it gets after a while. Like Buffy can fly and stuff. Like it starts to get kind of ridiculous. And, like, I know that Joss Whedon, his name is on them, and I know he wrote some of them, but it's, like, the same kind of deal where he is just kind of, like, a, quote, producer of the comic books, you know? So he's, like, not really totally involved in the process, I don't think. Um, They have different writers and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if I would consider them canon, you know, like you start reading them because you want to know what happens next, but then it starts to get so big that the original creators aren't really involved. Um, and so the question starts being like, okay, is this 
like a fan story or is it really actually how Joss Whedon sees Buffy's life going in the future? Mm -hmm. It's hard to decide, but I don't know if I would really call them canon. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my opinion of the whole thing would be it's really fun and it's cool to have that, you know, resource and it's cool to read them and it's really fun to think about, but I don't know if I would consider it really part of the original canon, but then that starts getting really pretentious and it's like, I don't know, like, right. It starts getting weird. Well, it kind of gets into the same thing that with these star Wars books. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if I would really say they're part of the canon until they, well, Here's a good way to sort of compare it. Um, maybe you think about the, you know, quote unquote original canon, like what type of format it was. And since Star Wars began as movies and Buffy began as a TV show, I almost wonder if it wouldn't, if it would be original canon only, only if it continued in the same format. Well, that's, maybe? that's, that's actually exactly the way. There are entire websites devoted to the the timelines of of Star Wars stories and what's canon, what's not. But but more importantly, people have developed these different branches and types of canon. So with Star Wars, you have I, I'm getting I'm going to get the letters wrong when I say this, but there's like essentially. A-level canon, B-level canon, C-level canon. Right. Okay, and so A-level canon is the movies, like the six theatrical films. The one, yeah. And then the next level is like a story directly authorized by George Lucas, and then there's another level... That's like the books and the comic books or whatever. And then yet an additional level that's like the droid cartoons yeah, from like, the 80s and the Ewok cartoon from yeah. the 80s. And so you have all of these different things and people are assigning assigning these ranks to how legitimate in the Star Wars canon these things yeah. may or, or may not be. Like what about like that Clone Wars animated show. So that the Clone Wars is one notch below the movies. Yeah, that's I mean, what I would it is, see it as. Because yeah. you don't you don't really I mean, I don't even know what happens in it. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really Well, you know what doesn't happen it. in it, basically. Which in it's a cool cartoon, but in a way it's sort of like a dead end storytelling wise. Oh. Right? Because you know eventually, you know, it's like, well, he doesn't turn to Darth Vader in this. Wait. He doesn't die in this. What what timeline is it set in? Oh, I don't the, even know. Oh, the Clone Wars Yoda's cartoon? It, it takes place between, between episodes two and three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like after three or if it was, I couldn't remember when it was. But um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know basically where it starts and where it ends, but you don't know what happens in between. Right. Yeah. Which, which you can certainly argue that that's it, that doesn't really matter because what's enjoyable about a story is how a character gets from 
here to there, or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, and I totally get that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, and, I and mean, people are super into it. Yeah, and I think you know, let's not split hairs here. Like, it, you can analyze it until you go blue in the face. But I think probably the simplest way that I would put it would be as soon as it becomes a movie that's like you know official. then it becomes part of the canon or same with Buffy. Like as soon as it becomes another TV show or a mini series or a, you know, made for TV movie, that's part of, you know, officially it's on a screen. Yeah. Or officially released by the same individuals Mm -hmm. or not even, I mean like this is going to be directed by somebody else and like put on by another company, but it's still officially a star Wars movie. It's not like some, it's you not know, like fake Star Stir Wars or Wars something. Or right. Something. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> something totally different. Yeah. It's uh, funny. That would be I like that. Stir Wars. That's our show title. That would I'm be awesome. calling it right now. I'm, write, <laughs> I'm writing it down so we don't forget. I actually said that in my head as S-T-E-R, but I think that should be S-T-I-R. Yeah, like I think so. The kitchen. Yep. They should get uh, Anthony Ramsey. Is that his name? Gordon Ramsay? Oh, yeah. That jackass chef who's constantly screaming at people? I don't even know yet, yeah. but there's so many of them. The one that's on that restaurant, um, uh, it's like that show where they take a failing restaurant and turn it around. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you ever seen that guy? Yeah, I've seen that. It's the yeah, worst. There was one that was in Strongsville or Middleburg Heights or something. I know which one it was. It was like this old Mexican restaurant near a walmart and it just was like really crappy and it was on that show wow so yeah that guy was a jerk um (laughs) he's like the grand admiral throne yeah so yeah let's let's talk about that so here here's the thing the big challenge how how do you pull off a Star Wars-esque story without Darth Vader, without the em- without the Emperor. He did well, it. He did he it, did. you know? Because, because he knew that the Emperor and Darth Vader were only bits from a giant machine of people. So, I mean, the Emperor was obviously, like, pulling the strings. But there always is somebody waiting to take over when the leader dies. So, I mean, he basically, I think he did a really good job of seeing the characters and picturing and and figuring out where they would be five years from the end of return of the Jedi. He didn't do anything fancy. Like he didn't do anything weird or crazy. It all seemed pretty logical from where they left off to where this book starts. Like, they're still building the New Republic, and, you know, they're dealing with politics, and things are going really slow, and, you know, everybody's personality is pretty spot on, and I think he does a really great job of, like, not trying to snazz it up, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's, they, they still have, it's five years later, but they still have a long ways to go. Right, and like it, five years isn't when you're rebuilding an 
a government, that's not that long. You can't really get that much done. So, you know, the people are like, you know, still doing that and probably frustrated with it. And I loved how Admiral Akbar was like, just being, <laughs> being himself the whole time. Just like, <laughs> yeah. We did that whole thing the last time. <laughs> He's just like, we just have politics and boring stuff to deal with and it's going to take forever because that's the way it is. And they're just like, we don't want it to take forever. We want it to, you know, work out now. <laughs> he just is like one of those like old timey politics guys. Right. Yeah. Just doesn't want to change it because it's always been that way. That's how I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Probably totally describing him incorrectly. No, you you are, and and he's he's one of those characters who I'm pretty sure it, it is in this book where you you get a little bit of Admiral Akbar origin story, right? Yeah, kind of. Wait, I don't know if it was so much an origin story, but it was just more. It was more just like you get to see him more and figure out a little bit more about who he is. I don't remember if it does his origin story now. Yeah. I I can't remember if it's mentioned in this book or not, but at some point in one of the books somewhere, it's revealed that Akbar was a slave to the empire. And he was like a servant to governor Tarkin. Is this ringing a bell at all? I don't, I don't know. I started okay. this book like long time ago, and then I yeah. finished it recently, and I'm I'm trying to remember. That's fine. It's fine. I'm a but... bad podcast host. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You could try yeah. to describe it more if you want. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it, really, other than to say he's been around for a long time, and and he he saw what the galaxy was like in the old republic before the empire right and then he survived through through the reign of the emperor and and all of those right times and his people were enslaved and and the whole and the whole deal so you have you have kind of this interesting political thing which the the politics angle is actually much more interesting in this book than it is in, in the prequels, which are, are super heavy on on the politics thing. But one of the one of the the themes that that rings through not only the, the movies but into this book as well is the whole idea of political ambition and uh, military ambition, mm-hmm. which is basically how Thrawn came to power. So right. you have you have Grand Admiral Thrawn who was who who is a, a military genius. He he's an incredible military strategist, and because he's not human, the Emperor kind of casts him out. Now he doesn't like kill him or anything because he's too smart. Like, he's too useful to just kill him. Right. Right? But, you know, let's go send him out on some other thing, and then we'll take advantage of his his strategic acumen 
at times when we need it or you know, whatever. But so he's out there and he's one of these super ambitious people who knows when the time to strike is. And so that's how that's really how he ends up in a position where he takes over the remnants of the Imperial fleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a great character and I really I really like Joris uh Joris Saboth, uh the the crazy Jedi clone guy and it, it's a neat character too and I can remember at the time when I when I first read these books like in the early to mid 90s how exciting they were because it was like, oh, this guy's a clone. Is that what all the clones are about? And, you know, there for a long time, there was speculation that it was going to be revealed somehow that Obi-Wan Kenobi was actually a clone. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That is not okay. Yeah. They nipped that in the bud. Yeah, but this book, yeah. But this book really fueled so much speculation for the the prequel trilogy because it came out um well episode one came out in 99 and this came out in hardback in 91 so oh, okay it really set off that whole new round of of interest in in star wars and it was still a long time before we actually got movies but uh yeah i mean i remember um my brother reading these books, you know, and it seemed like there were like always new ones coming out. I don't know. From my point of view as oh, a yeah. kid, it seemed that way. Well, there were. It was like pretty often, right? <sighs> so often. Yeah. I, there was a period of time where, I mean, it was where like, I was reading a lot of these books and they would basically, they would come out. There would be hardback ones that came out probably three or four times a year. Yeah, it would be like, oh, it's Matt's birthday. He wants a Star Wars book. Like, right. pretty much always, I remember, like, I, I don't know if that's even accurate, but I just remember him reading them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, these really ended up kind of snowballing. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. It's friggin'. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, these... This trilogy is, is, I don't know if we, I don't know that we always realize how significant these three books are in having helped rekindle or or keep alive people's interest in Star Wars between the release of Jedi and... It, the special editions in 97 and then and then the yeah. prequel trilogy i mean it's it's kind of been a little bit ongoing i mean it's never really stopped because you know we get we get the 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 last um you know episode three came out and then they had the clone wars animated show and like all those video games and now we're looking at a new movie and it's it right. feels like it's just like never going to stop oh, which is awesome. Yeah, it's not. And and the now that it it's owned by Disney 
they are going to keep it going and basically indefinitely. Forever. Yeah. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's so awesome. It really is. I mean, it's a huge turnaround from what we as Star Wars fans thought in the 80s. Yeah. Because we got, we got Jedi and we thought, well, okay. We're just going to have to rewatch these 80 million times. That's all, that's all we're ever going to get. And then we got these books and then we were like, oh, well, here, here's a little something. These are pretty good. Yeah. And then that kind of held us, you know, helped to wet the appetite a little bit. And then we started hearing the rumors of, oh, what they're doing special, what, special editions? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, they're going to make more movies? What the what? Yeah. <laughs> and then now it's going to be like, there's going to be so many Star Wars movies. I know, it's going to be gonna forever. Get, we're going to get sick It's going to become a genre. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be like science fiction and then star wars yeah now i i said i said we're gonna get sick of it i don't I'm i mean ju- i definitely for me i don't think i'll ever get sick of it i don't think we'll get sick of it but i think there's gonna be crappy movies out there yeah. like there's yeah. gonna be good ones and bad ones mm-hmm. and yeah. um we're gonna be making fun of some of the bad ones like we do already with mm-hmm. some of the bad ones and you know i'm sure that'll It'll come and go, and then there'll be like a really awesome one, and everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be sweet if Peter Jackson did a Star Wars movie? Oh my god, it'd be so cool. Yeah, so cool. Oh my god, I just want to mention how cool it was that um, they had like the Wookiee planet in this book. Yeah. Super awesome. Good old Kashyyyk. Yeah, and like how they had a a guy who was um had a speech impediment but really sounded like english or something oh right yeah <laughs> or basic rather yeah um yeah but that was cool because you could finally kind of hear what the what they talk about mm-hmm. but, yeah uh, there, you know there were i'm glad that you mentioned that because there there's actually several things in this book that were that were created by timothy zahn that were subsequently adapted as film canon for the prequels Really? Like what? Well, Kashyyyk being one of them. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the name of the imperial capital, Coruscant. Wait, that wasn't Lucas? No. Oh my God. Like Coruscant's just one of those names you know. Like, yeah. I never knew that was from Timothy Zahn. Yeah. Zahn, Zahn came up with Coruscant and it stuck. Because I read it in, in this book and I was like, oh yeah, Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So here's cool. here's what they need to do. They need to get Peter Jackson to make these books. I feel like that's just a slap in the face to Timothy Zahn that they're not using this. Yeah. That's kind of a crappy move. Yeah, I know. Like he but they're just gonna like use his some of his inventions but not actually let him have the movies. Yeah. That's crap. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's just like maybe they have a secret agreement that they're going to make them. Um, they just want to wait till they have different actors. Yeah. Does you, Carrie Fisher have a daughter? She does actually. I wonder if her daughter can play Leia. Her daughter is her daughter's around old enough to start playing Leia. That would be cool. Young. She's young. I want to say she's like in her twenties. 
They could totally have her play. But like in another 10 years, she could be doing these. I, I, I really have to think that there's, that there's some, if not binding agreement, I have to think that there's some sort of agreed upon roadmap yeah. for, for what can happen when in terms of remakes or maybe revisiting this material and turning it in it into a movie and and all of that stuff i'm sure this is all being has been discussed at some point and i bet you when this next movie starts and they have the text on the screen it'll be like we'll know for sure they'll be like this is what happened and then it'll describe the timothy zahn movies or right books. right that would be cool yeah exactly then we'd all be like, yay, okay, now we know those are coming one day. Yep. So listen, I think we gotta wrap it up for this week, actually. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a quick one. Uh we really didn't talk about the book super in depth, but on the other hand I think we that's talked about okay. the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's good it's good to know like facts about this trilogy. Um I mean the book has a plot, obviously, and you should probably read it to find out what that plot is, but we're going to be talking about the other two books anyway. So uh, we'll dig in more to more into the story itself in, uh, in the next two book clubs. But uh, yeah, I, I think the, the information surrounding the significance of this book of the books is, is arguably more valuable than us uh, delivering a book report on the story. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Yeah, I definitely think so, too. Yeah. I agree. Well, groovy. So, let's see. Next week on the show, we're going to do just a little grab bag. Yes. So, there's no homework assignments, so, like, no pressure. So, we're just going to have some nice real talk between Megan and I. We'll probably do a little bit of, um, you know, casual homework. Like, maybe we can have a nerd busters. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll iron out some some details among ourselves. But as far as the listening listening audience right. goes, you guys don't have to stress about. Oh yeah, relax. Watching it's anything. Not that m- watching a cool movie or TV show or reading a cool book or something should be stressful, but no, no. you get the idea. Yeah. Get the idea. We're going to keep it cash. Keep it cash next keep week. Keep it cash totes. Yeah. Totes cash. Well, that was Nerd Novice episode 23. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd Novice. Uh, you can also follow uh, me. I'm at Megan Pletty. I'm Jay Metzendorf. And you can email us, nerdnovice at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or comments or questions or things that you would like to discuss. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And we'll yeah. catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.